You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Grosso, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. Welcome to our Spotlight weekly episode here where we're spotlighting a very specific piece this week. And we're going to spend our whole episode today talking about In the Heights, which is the latest film um, that just came out last week. So today's Friday, June 18th, where hopefully most of you got a chance to see it at this point. It is in movie theaters, and it's also streaming on HBO Max as well, so multiple locations for you to see it. We got to see it over the weekend in IMAX, which was really, really special and amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're diving in today, talking all about In the Heights. So a little bit of a background on this film and this musical and things like that before we kind of go into a discussion. In the Heights is a t- 2021 American musical drama film based on the same pl- uh, the stage musical of the same name um, by Kira Alegria Hughes and Lin Manuel Miranda. The film was directed by John M. Chu. The screenplay was also by Kiara as well. And the film has a wonderful bunch of stars. We'll kind of get into the cast a little bit of that. Um, and. I also want to do a special shout out to some of the other people on the team. It was produced by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Kiara Allegra Hughes as well, Scott Sanders, Anthony Bregman, and Mara Jacobs. There was some um, cinematography was by Alice Brooks, edited by Myron Kirstein, and music was by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Alex Lackmore, Bill Sherman, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. So, lots going on here in this. Where do we want to start off, just on a general overview of what we thought? Now, I saw the original Broadway production back in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. when it first came out. Um, won a bunch of Tony Awards. For those of you who don't know, it was Lin-Manuel Miranda's really big break into mainstream theater and um, a really, really amazing piece of theater for Broadway at the time. It was really groundbreaking. It really... Um, set the bar for theater for, of a different way. And it, it was wonderful. The, the style of music, the culture that was being represented on stage was wonderful. Um, and actually, it's a long time coming. I always thought this movie could have come out. It was supposed to, you know, doing some research, it was supposed to come out in 2011, and then it got moved to 2015. I just kept getting bumped back through different change of creative teams. And as that was happening, Lynn was also realizing he was getting older, probably can't play <laughs> Usnavi anymore. Um, so he did not play Usnavi in the film. Um, he was in the film, though. He played the Piragua um, cart salesman, which was hilarious and awesome and fun to see him it's in It's great that. seeing him there. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, 
So where do we go? What do you think? What are your overall thoughts on on the film as a whole? I think we should just go initial thoughts first, and then we'll dive into some more of the plot. Yeah, yeah. Although I actually did not see this when it was on Broadway. Mm -hmm. That was my, like, little college gap years where I didn't see anything for four years. But, um, yeah, my first initial thoughts, I did see a... uh, community theater production uh-huh, of this so uh-huh. i have seen it on the stage uh-huh. i just i didn't see it on broadway but uh my initial thoughts on this film was it was spectacular you know it was really great to one be back in the theater seeing something I, we saw corella a couple of weeks ago and now this and we got to see it in imax which was even more amazing just having that full stage effect seeing everything hearing the sound I, we watched some clips on hbo max of it and it's just not the same so if you're debating whether to see it on hbo max or go to the theater and see it i highly recommend going to the theater and see it but i just really loved seeing the culture that was of washington heights up on the stage uh, up on this screen seeing this all the music and just learning i love seeing a dreamer type show where everyone who's like there is trying to go for something and i think that really represents is represented in this film so yeah for sure and uh, just a warning before we continue further with the podcast that this conversation is going to feature spoilers. Oh, yes. So make sure you see or listen to this piece before listening onward because we might say some things that you may not want to know if that happened in the film. So you have been warned. Oh, yeah. We haven't, we haven't done this in a yes, while. Yes. Spotlight, spotlight yes. episodes we haven't done. I just done, realized so. we're going to have some spoilers. There will be spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what this film did, well, I thought it was spectacular. I thought it was brilliant and beautiful. I, I, there were moments of pure joy. There were moments of true tragedy and sadness and everything in between. Um, I think that when I saw it on stage, it's a unit set. The set stayed the whole time. There was a mm-hmm. few different locales. The ensemble, I mean, the dancing was spectacular. And then to see it on film where you're in these people's apartments and you're in the streets and you're in the shops and you're living through them through the camera lens, I think it really lent it to what was happening. I think the moments throughout the film of the cinematography where there was added special effects or added writing in their hands. They were holding something and they were drawing or they were walking on the side of the building or, or they popping up names and things as people were speaking. Like, I think that that magic of film worked completely well for this because this was a musical. And I think we have to remember that it was a musical. So seeing townspeople happy is because it's a musical. <laughs> like, yes, we don't have choreographed synchronized swimmers in town pools In regular films, I get it. It's a musical. So let me just start by reminding everyone that musical theater is a suspension of disbelief sometimes. It's a suspension of reality. It can certainly go to reality, and this certainly does go to reality. But then we need the comic relief sometimes. We need the breath of fresh air. We need the sense of we're watching a musical film. If you go back to musical film genre history, there's singing in the rain. There's there's magic in film all the time. Of course. So dancing on ceilings and doing all that, I found that this was such an homage to that. It was such a a tribute to the singing in the rains, the big movie musicals, the special effects in big movie musicals, while still keeping its rooted sense of reality and its rooted sense of realism and what real people are going through. But let's add that flair of musical theater joy. And I think that there was, for me, an extremely healthy balance between those two. Yeah, I, we were talking a little bit about this right after the film, and we, we didn't get too much into detail because we wanted to talk about it on the podcast. But like for me, there's a different technique being used right now in film, I think, that it, it's it's not the same 
that it was back like maybe 50 years ago or however many years ago, like when certain things like Mary Poppins was coming out or Singing in the Rain, where they didn't have this computer animated uh, effect yet. So for sometimes it looks a little too fake for me, where I know like back then when we were looking at films and you see something and it's like, yes, it's fake, but it still looked real, whether you're using like green screens or, you know, the animations just added in a different way because it just, it looked more fake. Now they're trying to make it look too real. And I, maybe, maybe I'm missing the fake part of these animated things that they're doing. So like when you are seeing these like different like rulers coming up on the screen or a diamond or like the ribbons coming out, I, I, I like the escapism part of it where you're like, oh wow, you're in their head right now. But sometimes it's a little too literal for me. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I think that's what is, I think that was. I think it was a nice dose of it. I didn't yeah. get the vibe that it was overdone, and I didn't definitely feel, wasn't overdone. Yeah, and I didn't get the vibe that it wasn't enough. I thought it was scattered throughout the piece nicely, and reminding that this is a show about people who are dreaming of things, dreaming mm-hmm. of career, dreaming of travel, dreaming of life, and so the dreams are exp- outwardly facing to the audience, not just in their minds, but creatively expressed in the film. And it was filmically done. And then there were also like staged, choreographed numbers in streets. Right. There were staged choreographed numbers in clubs, and and it, it was it was structured really well too. It's and I, I and I, to me, it's like we've always had townspeople dancing in streets. Oh, you that, go all that. the way back to musical theater of <laughs> Music Man, and there's always when people say, "Well, townspeople will just come out in the street and start singing." Okay, well. It's always been like that in this art form. For some reason, it's really easy for song, for writers to say, let's just use the townspeople as the ensemble. <laughs> They're going to just come out into the street and sing and dance. And it makes complete sense for this because the community was in the streets of in, of the Heights. The community sense of playing games and shopping and walking and, and playing the kids playing and elderly sitting outside. And that is part of, that's what makes the musical work, I the think. The choreo, I think, is totally uh, expected, though. That I don't think anyone's going to have a problem yeah, with. Yeah. That's expected in a musical and it, it makes sense I was talking more about the just animation right, sure, that was added because sure. I don't even think it was really CGI it wasn't like they were really <clears throat> taking someone and making them right. look different it was just the animation that was <clears throat> added which is definitely an homage to some of these older films where sure. they did add yeah, animation to it oh so. yeah or animation was right exactly because exactly. when you look at those things it's, it's really animated yeah it's not really it's not real ribbons it's animated ribbons or it's animated symbols of like the diamonds or the rulers or anything like that. I'm like, right. oh, it's cool. Right. It is definitely an homage. Did it make sense in this setting? I don't know if it completely did, but it works. I think it, it works. works. It totally works. Um, I think John Chu is a fantastic director. I think he took this ensemble of people. You know, I also thought it was great talking about the ensemble that there were some names, but it wasn't star-studded cast. It wasn't like when we saw Cats and every single person had to be like a star in their field. Mm-hmm. And that didn't even really work for that show really by the end of the day for some stars it did but this was like "Mm, let's just use you know lynn is kind of the star in and of itself but a lot of new people on the scene here and it didn't bother me at all we didn't need you know i was reading something that said um it was reported that the project was canceled in march of 2011 because universal who had the rights to it at the time they were looking for a bankable latino star quote unquote like shakira or j-lo 
instead of unknown actors. They really wanted to put some of these names in. To me, it didn't. We didn't need the names. The film speaks for itself. Let new blood onto the stage. Let let new names out there. And I thought that the talent across the board. There was not one person. Where I was like, oh, they are weak. I thought everyone was really yeah, strong. See, that's my thing with musicals. Sometimes people don't let the musical live for itself. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, we need star to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's already getting. Uh, talked about for the upcoming Wicked. Like, yeah. what stars are going to play the leads? It doesn't need stars. Right. The name speaks for itself. Yes. If it was a star show on Broadway, people will know that already. Yeah. And and you're using, like, John Chu and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Some of these names are already big names that people can, are buzz names that people get people in to say, oh, yeah, that, right. there, I like that. And That's you can cool. have, like, some people that are starting out, obviously. Like, a, a prime example is take a movie like Chicago where, you know, you had Catherine Zeta-Jones and... Renee Zellweger, like, were they the biggest stars before being in that movie? I don't really know. Maybe they were in a way, but not as big as they are now. But then you learn their talents and what they're good at. Like, Renee Zellweger, hello, became a star after yeah. that movie. Yeah. A real star. Yeah. But don't need to talk about other musicals right now. Right. Let's talk about this. So let's go through the cast, right? Like, Yes, I thought Anthony Ramos as Usnavi was wonderful. I was captivated captivated by him the whole time. I loved the beach illusion throughout. I, I remember sitting in the movie theater and saying, this is Weird. Like this is not like when it started and he's talking to the kids on a beach. I'm like, what? Like I yeah. remember the ending of the musical and I'm like, this is not how this show ends. He doesn't actually go there and have kids and like a, and have a shop set up on the beach. And I'm like, and I'm confused. And but that film illusion made complete sense with the theme of the piece. So by the end, it was the illusion of the shop and what's in inter- the city. What's interesting mm-hmm. on that too is some of the changes that are noticeable from the stage production and the film production is that. The musical was not narrated by Usnavi. Right. That was added. He at time he speaks to the audience throughout the play and says, This is my life, but he doesn't the whole entire right, time not where tell a story breaks. to kids and like breaks through the narrator. Yes, it doesn't right. really do that. Obviously so. the musical starts with him the same way. Right. Right. But this is actually interesting seeing like it gives it that film experience yeah. of yeah. here's the narrator telling his story right. to the next generation, right. which right. is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some of the like Nina who is played by Leslie Grace and mm-hmm. Vanessa, the abuela, they were so, so powerful. Some names that I have never heard before. Um, before yeah, this. Olga Meredith was abuela. She was the original abuela in the original Broadway cast and actually stayed with it the whole run. Wow. And played abuela the whole entire time until the show closed. So, I, so perfect that she was given the role to that. again. Yeah, and then <laughs> being able to give her the film role again just made complete sense because she just originated this warm, beautiful person. And to, uh, I mean, talking about her for a second, that the song she has – that was one of the biggest changes too when she's in between the subways and you mm-hmm. see the people dressed from like the 40s and the 50s and the 60s like kind of like in the different time periods and then she's about to die and it's like do I go towards the light or do I stay back that whole thing was just film musical theater film masterpiece the way they were able to do that it was so different on stage and it was just showed the power of her death and the power of her presence in this country and and she was such a strong character throughout it's almost like I felt her presence in the last third of the film when she wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. You almost feel her presence throughout with the lotto ticket, but also just her spirit is like with them always. And she was like the abuela to everyone in that town. And it was, it was nice to see. It was really nice. They kind of really um, hone in on her character a lot throughout the film in yeah. the beginning, just saying like how she is like that model person. Yeah. And yeah. who becomes that model person after? Is 
Usnavi taking over that role on the street? Like, is that what that's kind of representing by him telling the story and like, hey, be the dreamer that you are. Dream of a better life. Like, and she's that representation of that in the beginning. So it's cool to watch. And he lives with her. So Right, right. right. And that, that was just a film moment beauty watching her do her solo number um throughout the subway and watching her journey coming to america yeah and just going throughout on her way and then it gets to that moment it's like you don't want to ruin it on this podcast but like it gets oh, yeah. to that moment and i'm like oh, what's gonna happen i was on the edge of my seat and i'm like oh my god oh my god and then it's just like white light and I'm yeah. like, and that didn't happen on the. No, from what part. I remember, I think she just passes, and then they—I don't think they show her passing or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, and she passes the night of the blackout. I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back and double check. It's been a long time yeah, since yeah. I've seen it. Because um, that that I found really interesting to watch. Because they also talk about how Usnavi knows that she won the lotto ticket a lot earlier in the stage production. Right, he doesn't find out at the end. I think once again, I'm just thinking okay. based on the film. I don't remember exactly from the Broadway, but there were significant changes. Some of them being some of these for sure. There was also the change of Nina's mother being absent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Broadway show, she had a mother and a father, and in the film, it was just her father. It worked for me in both ways. I did feel a slight absence of the maternal figure for her, but I once again, it kind of always went back to Abuela being the mother figure for these people, mm-hmm. the grandmother figure. Also. Daphne Rubin Vega as Daniela plays this mother figure kind of to these girls too. She's the older shop owner. She's not as old as Abuela, but she certainly has this maternal, like she takes care of her girls. She takes care of the girls in the street and not just emotionally and with Vanessa and the sign co-signing, but also like, let me do your nails. Let me do your hair. Let me make you feel good. Let me make you feel pretty. And, and, and I'm here for you. Mama will provide kind of a moment there. And she was wonderful. Daphne Rubin Vega. I thought she killed it in her oh, scenes yeah. and songs. I was really blown away by her presence. I haven't seen, I mean, she's original Mimi, original Rent. Um, we haven't seen her in anything in a while. And like, she came out and just really stole the show. I thought she was really, really great. One thing I was reading about the whole Nina family dynamic was that they removed the mother to show the bigger um, dynamic between the father and Nina. Because sure. in the stage production, they say that they fight a lot. Yeah. And the mother being there, it, she kind of plays that like middle ground, but removing her really shows it between the two of them. The two yeah. of them, yeah. so that gives them that stronger, yeah. stronger dynamic. And I think that actually works. Not knowing too familiar how it was on the stage, but I'm like, oh, this makes sense because they needed to have those moments in the film to show why she was so passionate about not wanting her father's money, right? Um, right, right, et cetera. Right, so right. that was cool. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was really great. I thought. Um, Having um, Gregory Diaz the fourth as Sonny, I thought was really great. He, it was different. Sonny was definitely very different. We brought mm-hmm. in the dreamers um, immigration thing to um, to Sonny's character. There, Sonny was really comedic relief in the show, and and he still was in the film. But I I think there was a, a rooted sense of young youthfulness and like your you know there I loved the age spectrum across this whole piece. Yes. I've never really seen a piece where we went from someone as young as like 16 or 18 to someone in their 60s or 70s and everyone in between and like everyone was like from a different there was like a few people in their teens, a few people in their 20s, a few people in their 30s, a few people in their 40s. A few, it was like this like that's what a town is. That's what a community is. Is people all 
working together and listening to elders, but also elders listening to youth. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. A lot of times we're told in society, listen to your elders, respect your elders. And there was, of course, respect for the elders in this, but there was also a sense of like elders learning from youth. Yeah. And everyone has a story and everyone's story is different. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was a lot of respect there. I saw so much respect for Abuela had for her the youth and the younger people in the town who are working hard, who are enjoying their life. Um and so the age about, spectrum was a, a big thing to me, yeah. Right, and all of them show how they eventually learn and listen from each other. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. And that definitely the um, sunny storyline about the whole Dreamers, it definitely takes it from like 2008 to current. Um Because yeah. that was not in the 2008 stage production. So bringing this current really was important for them. Um, and I think it, it really also worked. Yeah. I mean, there were certainly moments where like um, you had like, and, and, the, and the show was, the show was modern and fresh in 2008, but a lot has even changed from 2008, 2021. Totally. There was like male manicurists in the salon. Mm-hmm. There was Valentina's, role the drag queen or or (laughs) trans or drag however she was represented in the film um getting her hair and her nails and her makeup done in the salon like that was not present in the 2008 Mm -hmm. and just the little things like that but then here's like that salon scene is great like but then like the the turning wig heads in the shelf like that's (laughs) Mary Poppins magic there. And so there was like those magical elements where, but it was just scattered enough where I didn't feel like I was watching a kid's movie. It was like Mm -hmm. a moment. It was enough for like the adult musical theater, Disney fan. And so, but, and then, and then, and it just, what I think a good film does, it takes you on a roller coaster. We get really serious and then we get really happy and then we get really serious and we get really happy. And some shows really stay in one of those two worlds the majority of the time. This took you on the journey. And so, yes, they really freshened things up like that. The representation of body imagery in the show. There were people dancing in these numbers that didn't have Broadway bodies. Right. There were some amazingly fit dancers, don't get me wrong, but there was also really tall people who maybe stood out amongst the crowd or much shorter people who stood out or there were heavy set people who were dancing wonderfully and then there were fit people and there was all different types of men and women and everything in between. It was just a great representation of yeah. a town of people. They didn't all look the same. When you go to Broadway, sometimes a lot of times you'll see in terms of body type, you'll see a lot of like fit people dancing. Great. Like that's awesome. But like, it's great to see once in a while, some body positivity imagery. Yeah, in you didn't film. have to fit a mold to be in right. this right. Um, film. Right. So one thing I would love to talk about it a little bit more too is also like the vocals mm-hmm. and some of the passion that um, was happening when Nina was doing her solo in the beginning. What What's the name Breathe. of Breathe. Breathe. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so powerful. <laughs> and the use of the little girl throughout and how the, she would come and go. It yes. wasn't a lot of times with flashbacks and musicals or movies is like, I'm going to start singing the song. And then we cut to the flashback and the whole song is flashback while we hear the audio of the person singing. Mm-hmm. And then it ends and it comes back. This was like in and out. Well, and it wasn't even really out. in and out. It was you were watching Her. them watch their flashback. Yes. It's something I really have not seen no. many do before, yeah. which is a director. Bravo. Like, yeah. Director's yeah. Voice, bravo. Because Beautiful. you see Nina on one side of the street and then you see her watching yeah. herself yeah. walk down the other side of the street. And I'm like, oh, this 
is brilliant. Yeah. And I could feel you yeah. radiating off of me yeah. your emotions. Yeah, I was like was crying then. I was crying at the abuela's death. I was crying at like a me- at the end when I realized it wasn't a beach. <laughs> I know that would have been clearer for some people than others, but I was like, oh my God, this is really happening. So, and, and, and I loved the family unit having the child with Usnavi at the end and the way it mm-hmm. kind of ended like that. Um, and bringing Vanessa into it. Vanessa's character was really strong throughout the whole piece. I really felt like this was someone really, I mean, she was really strong strong mm-hmm. as an actor and as well as a singer she was performing and her storyline just was great even her solo number like we talked about earlier they had ribbons of fabric yeah from the building overflowing yeah. like they were trying to engulf her in like hey you're never gonna get yeah, here yeah. and then it finally like it's all starting to happen for her mm-hmm. and watching her like storyline just evolve throughout the whole show it's like and i really liked watching her and usnavi's relationship happen i know that you know they decide at the end to make them a family unit and have a child and it just was great you yeah. know and that her her fashion line is taking off and her fashion line is sold in usnafi's little yeah uh, corner yeah, deli yeah yeah right no i love that i really <laughs> so did. it's great and uh, another scene i would love to talk about is Nina and Benny's like yeah. ballet yeah. on the side of the building. I love that. It was gorgeous. It was true romantic golden age film. Yes. It was it was just Hollywood. It was just dancing on the side of a building, falling in love. That's totally golden age Hollywood. I mean, right. and not yeah, even just musical like, theater, it's it, just Hollywood. It was also like such an ode to like West Side Story. Yeah. When they're, you know, they're dancing the ballet and it doesn't really make sense because it's ballet. But like them, they're dancing and they're doing this more interpretive style dance on the side with a little ballet yeah. into it. Yeah. It just, it was beautiful watching. Yeah. It was, it was stunning. Beautiful. One thing I would call on on it, I, I loved that it was more of a dream sequence, but then, like, it, I was taken out of it when the kid noticed them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the side I was that, like, yeah. I didn't want anyone to notice them. I just wanted it to be, be their, their moment. moment. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, hey, there's a, that's and That was my one little call. What's your favorite production number? Your favorite song, I should say. Or it could be a production number or just a favorite song in the whole show. <laughs> I just love the, like, campy, like... You know, gossipy women. No Madiga. No Madiga. It's like, I love it. Yeah, that's, that's a great number. It was cute. I Like you said, the campiness of the wigs and the animation, the friendliness, and just like gossiping. I love it. It's, I, it's, yeah, yeah it's I up there that. for me. I would say, I mean, there's so many. Also, greats. the carnival scene. Oh, Carnival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yep, yep, yep. I, I really like that, too. I loved 96,000 because I I believe that was the Tony Award performance. That was a big number. I think it's close to the end of Act 1, mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's hard to tell when the film is not in, chunked into acts, right? But in 96,000, it was so like, hey, we're going to close. It's hot. Let's go to the pool. And to just make like – it could have been another street dance scene, but we already had a few of those. So it was a great opportunity for the director to be like, there's this big town pool. Everyone's there. And then you kept seeing like Vanessa and then Usnavi. Everyone's like, what would I do with the money? What would I do with the money? And it's like – I think what's so brilliant about that is like let's all dance and do this big production of our fun, but let's keep having those side moments. It's kind of like – it's kind of like we get to really see like, oh, my God, some of them would blow the money. Some of them would just like leave and never come back. Some of them have dreams to pay things off. Some of them want to help other people. Mm-hmm. And they all it's like it made it's a kind of a rooted moment. It's like, oh, you know what? Like 
I would, if you, have you ever had that conversation with someone when you ask, like, what would you do if you won the lottery? Like, everyone has something different to say. It's like a real <laughs> moment. Like, some people are like, I would go away, or I would buy a house, or I would, like, go start a business. But yeah. it's like everyone has different things. So I, th- I think that's my favorite one of my favorite moments in the show is just this big spectacle number, but everyone's got these individualized moments throughout it too. So. Yeah. And I think one last thing we probably could finish on is like, I think Lynn's writing is hmm, quite brilliant. Mm. I think he's one of the first of our time now to really pay an ode to golden age musical theater, but bringing it current. Right. And I think that's what's the point of the art form, in my opinion, is you have to learn from the past, live in the present, and create the future. And that's how I kind of look at it. There is such an homage to not only Golden Age Hollywood film, but to the Rodgers and Hammersteins and the Stephen Sondheims and the Jonathan Larson. Even though Lon Larson's works were so modern, that's still 30 years ago, so almost. So it's like, how did you learn from those people who came before you and create? And how will the next person learn from Lynn? And I think that's what's so important about the art form. And I think one thing that he really does and like to touch on each little thing like he brings hip-hop and street dancing to the stage Mm -hmm. but he also ties it in with ballet and classical music ballads 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 and giving those 11 o'clock numbers Mm -hmm. now yes does his music have a, like a very similar you know through line through his shows yeah the, you could be listening to this and you're like oh my god i hear hamilton but so does every other composer out there <laughs> right a you lot know? of the times they use their same chord structures their same uh, flow of a song to because it works for them and they know how a song you know a lot of times right. we, a candor and, and Ebb show sounds exactly well, the same right uh, and a lot uh, of times andrew lloyd Webber ballads sound very similar like, right. things like that so so if it works, it works. Yeah. And I think this is uh, a great way to see, like some people that don't know in the Heights are like, oh, it just sounds just like Hamilton. Well, no, Hamilton sounds like in the Heights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Exactly. Because we know. just came first. Right. So, right. but no, I think that's something that's really great. And I love that he pays respect to it. Yeah. And yeah. he keeps it current because he's very versed in musical theater and he's bringing it today, but he also wants musical theater to continue to go on. And it's not just, you know, like a similar, like a, you know, movie to stage production that just, right. you know, has a pop score and it's just, okay, Dude, whatever. On, right. This is like, no, this piece. is great. And these are going to live on and become the new classics. Yeah. yeah. They really for are. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, I think, I think this was really, really great to talk about this and to kind of just reflect on this. I think it's a great, great piece. It has received a lot of acclaim from critics and I hope that people continue to see and it. And everyone, yeah, everyone really should go and see it and, you know, support it. Yeah. It yeah. definitely is going to need it. Yeah, yeah, know? for sure. For sure. When the theaters are coming back, this yeah. is the time to yeah. go and see something that has a lot of talent. Right. right. So, so. <gasps> there's our chime time, <laughs> and I hope we all you, we hope you all enjoyed this spotlight conversation. You know, we have a few more musicals coming up this year. We have Tick Tick Boom coming out later in the year. We have Dear Evan Hansen film coming out later in the year, and then we're ending the year with the West Side Story, Steven Spielberg film. So and other spotlights coming, and everyone's talking about Jamie. So yes. we have other. This is a year of movie musicals. The art form of Broadway is hopefully coming back in the fall. It looks like, as well as movie musicals are returning. So get out there and support the art form. It's wonderful. Um, and we thank you all for listening today. We hope. 
hope you enjoyed. Please subscribe to our podcast here on Spotify or Apple Music and leave us a review if you love what you heard today. We also want you to join in our conversation and engage with us, so head over to our Instagram at Two Worlds Ent. That's at T-W-O-W-O-R-L-D-S-E-N-T and comment on the latest post about this podcast episode because we'd love to hear from you. Yes, please. So thank you all so much for chiming in today. Go see In the Heights, whether it's on HBO Max or in the movie theater or in the movie theater on IMAX. I always, that's what I strongly recommend. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope to see you next week, next time for more theater discussion and music discussion. All right. So until then, getting ready to sign off. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Signing off for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.